0: What's up? We're back.
1: Make sure your phones are on silent, guys. I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Thank uh, thank you for joining episode 24 of the podcast, guys. I'm the host of the show, d And With me as always, my co-host, Nate. My
1: name is Nate. My name, Nate.
0: His name is Nate. And uh, how's everybody doing? Hope you guys are holding up all right. Uh, Week four, quarantine. Happy Easter, by the way. Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter, (laughs) killers. Someone rose today. I've definitely been rising for the latter half of the day. I'm quite high. Uh, after Monday's show, guys, I mean, the UFC, MMA, sports, it's fluid. It's changing every day. So, of course, after that show, talking about the full card that was released for UFC 249, UFC 249 is officially off. Uh, we're going to explain the details and kind of the step-by-step chain of events on how that went on Monday. Um, but, yeah, uh, all sorts of things to talk about. Uh, Nate, how you doing, man? How was dinner? How you feeling? What would you have?
1: Oh. <sighs> I had you in- have this in- Inca Mamas. I was that was a bad boy. I thought it was Easter so I deserved a special meal. But uh that was it. My Mamas. watched a documentary on a on a child named Gabriel <laughs> who was tortured and like abused by his parents and oh. and how the D F C S or the Department of Child Safety Services or D F D F S S uh Kinda like D L S S. Yeah. Uh how they just kind of were very uh unorganized and kind of overlooked a lot like there's so much evidence in this in this documentary well wait wait hold that thought that's perfect we have
0: a a little segment in this show where we're going to go over a few suggestions on kind of like you know with this quarantine chaos things to keep productive so i was going to ask you as myself recommend a few uh you know tv shows comedy specials obviously we're on the call of duty in terms of Uh, video games right now so so hold that thought i want you to explain that a little bit further in a second here Uh, But, guys, off the top, as always, keep those reviews uh, coming. Keep going to Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Please give us a five-star rating and submit a review submit your questions through the review we're going to do a quick uh, ig live here in the middle of our break for this uh, episode so we can come back for a quick uh, segment at the end with some listener questions but uh keep those reviews coming we need your help guys and so actually at this moment i'm going to go on to our podcast uh, ratings and reviews on itunes because last episode i actually forgot to read a couple so i wanted to go ahead and give those people their shout out all right, guys, so sorry, of of course, always for my raspy-ass voice. Um, I hope if you're still listening to us by now, you're you're used to it. But uh, I wanted to give these people a couple special shout-outs. Um, I don't know if I missed a couple, so I'm going to read like three or four just to be safe. Uh, this one, I don't know exactly who this is from, so if this is from you, please reach out to me on social media or Nate as well, and let me know it's you because for the um, iTunes Store, I guess everyone has their own username that may be linked with their iTunes account versus their Gmail or something like that. So there's some names we discussed it. Remember when Jeremy was here? Remember, I asked him about it. He wasn't sure what his name was. It was like his uh, college, like uh, do- uh, frat name or something. It he was, it was, it was like, What the hell? It was
1: like during his experimental days. <laughs> exactly,
0: which are still going on. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> uh, with that in mind, this one's name is N. I Iwan. I n space O T I n space I W A n so I don't know who this is, but I really appreciate their uh, their review. It was a five star rating, so thank you for that. It said great podcast, lots of information, so you can keep up to date on the world of MMA and boxing. Highly recommend these two guys. Know what they're talking about, plus always a fun, uh, always fun to listen. So thank you so much, and I I really like because you get the title your reviews. His title is the best, so I waited to the end for <laughs> it. You're it, the best, alright that going to keep it on um hey all right so danielson his title was fresh and tasty No. i like it fresh so thank tasty. you in iwan whoever the hell you are reach out so we can give you another shout out and actually know who the hell you are uh and then the next one comes from our boy pedrum uh thanks for the review pedrum five star rating uh i'm not going to read this username so it's our boy pedrum <laughs> uh, and uh okay it says Like many others, I enjoy watching MMA, boxing, Muay Thai, and many other forms of martial arts. I thought I knew a lot about these sports and even how to analyze them. After listening to these guys, I realized there's much more to learn. Uh, They not only break down recent fights, but also discuss future predictions. In addition, they bring us on guests, which make it even more entertaining to listen to. They pose critical questions that you might not have thought of, and even sometimes do live Q&A with listeners. Overall, this podcast puts a new twist on how to analyze, interpret, and predict things about fighting as well as worldly events. Definitely give this podcast a try. It won't disappoint. And before I say thank you, because that was amazing, this guy's like, in his last year maybe in uh, UCLA, he's like, very, very scholastic, and he's just an all around great guy. So, thank you for writing an additional paper with all the other papers you got to yeah, write right yeah. now. That was amazing. So, yeah. thank you so much, th- Pedro.
1: Th- thank you for having an IQ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that was great, man. I really do appreciate it. And accurate. Accurate. Uh, so, another five star review moving on from my. Uh, Good buddy, Sean Dollar, 949 Dollar. He lives out in, I think, Westminster, Colorado. Uh, my first roommate when I moved out, I lived with him for six years down here in Lake Forest. So shout out to my boy, Sean. Thank you so much for listening, brother. Uh, five-star rating, he says, <clears throat> Great show, as I don't have too much time to keep up and watch all the fights. Yeah, he's got two wife and two kids. It's a great mix of all things martial arts and a little entertainment uh, mixed in with these two weirdos. Uh, keep up the great recaps and predictions thanks for all the in-depth breakdowns and uh the health tips are motivating too maybe i'll get on myself to get in better shape with all your motivation if you're looking for something entertaining and informative you found it keep it up guys so thank you so much sean dude i appreciate that
1: yeah you guys are awesome thanks for the reviews thanks for being honest and again we we try to bring you more uh flowing content you know me and dustin are very uh analytical so sometimes we uh, overanalyze over analyze one guy too much so <laughs> yeah we're you know there's so much there's just so much we want to talk about in such a short amount of time that we're limited to and we're trying to keep our content super simple guys so again thanks for their joining us for the ride And we're going to continue to give you not only uh, one topic or a couple topics, but uh, make it nice and sweet and simple, but also to the point and allow you guys to uh, receive new knowledge every time. And And engage us and let
0: us know what you think. Ask us questions. Like I said, uh, you guys, the more you engage the show, so keep those reviews coming, uh, the more you drive the content and the more you're getting exactly what you want from us so uh thanks for those again thanks for the reviews guys keep them coming and again as a reminder when we're not doing the listener questions when we're not uh, posting online for submissions just generally when you have any kind of question or you're thinking hey i'm going to listen next week i want them to talk about this go on to itunes go on to apple Podcasts. leave us a five star rating hopefully and a review and submit your questions so thank you guys so much for that again so next, exactly what you were talking about earlier. So I'm glad that you have something fresh on your mind. But uh, before we get into the UFC and all the, and the fighting stuff and, and the news that we, we talked about earlier, um, obviously with this quarantine situation, we were talking about working out, we've been talking about reading books, doing other things to try to keep yourself busy, as well as stay productive. So um, with that time, inevitably, you're going to end up sitting in front of a television or um, <clears throat> your phone or YouTube TV or, or something and looking for some sort of uh, you know relaxing entertainment. We've already talked about um, Tiger King Uh, all all kinds of things with regards to that. That could be a whole episode. Maybe it should in and of itself once you do watch it. Uh, but So I wanted to ask you, Nate, and I'll follow up, uh, some movies, maybe comedy specials, TV show recommendations. And again, as I said earlier, in terms of video games, we're all over the war zone for Call of Duty. But, um, you know, give us some recommendations of things you've been watching and things to watch.
1: Well, things that I'm into, I'm into uh, The Voice. Not much. It's like number five on my list because uh, I'm a musician, and so I, I enjoy watching that and the touchy-feely moments. It's awesome. Uh, I, I'll give you my top three, though. Uh, I'll just give you the five that I like. All right, so uh, The Voice, I usually watch. Um, the Masked Singer, super awesome, guys. If you haven't watched The Masked Singer, a bunch of a, B, A-list, B-list celebrities, athletes, uh, famous people who get under a mask and sing, and it's hilarious, but it's also very touching. And it's super fun.
0: I love it. That one's cool because some people who aren't necessarily singers or you know, they're all performing beautifully. It's it's awesome to watch in terms of like uh, like you said, the musical yeah, ability. Yeah, and
1: some are bad, but and they're then, super entertaining. Yeah. So it's like it's like they're they're entertainers. you
0: come to find out, not a lot of these people um, are even singers from yeah. what you know them in the public already. So some it's really are, cool. a lot of them are athletes, they're putting themselves out there doing something different from their normal. And craft. they're
1: masked, so it's like uh, no one's judging them based on uh, you know. Their, their fame it's like alright your talent your talent and how you perform yeah so that's and that's really cool. cool throughout the
0: show they're like trying to guess who it is right yeah, and then, over and then
1: at the end of this, sh- each episode at the end, uh, the, the the viewers vote who they like the most, and the person with the least amount of votes gets unmasked. Okay, got um, it. So you figure so out it's one, it's one person gets unmasked per night.
0: That's right. I, I watched this with Nora a couple episodes. I guess the very first one this uh, this season, which was Little Wayne. Yeah, I think he yeah. was, was a frog or something. He was a robot. A robot. That's right. He
1: was right. a robot. Yeah, but there's a frog. He's still there. There's some. There's some. There's some savage. They
0: got some crazy elaborate uh, outfits for the masks and stuff. Yeah, that's incredible
1: yeah it's uh it's it's, it's not it's, just a face mask guys. no it's it's super 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 entertaining um again that um then uh sorry so the voice the Masked singer um oh yeah s- believe it or not <laughs> Sabrina the teenage witch all right i know it's it, not the old version the new version on netflix it's super dark in like the anime it's just like a giant movie, but it's like It's more about witches and satanic cults, and they they worship, like, the Dark Lord, which is considered Satan. I don't
0: know if it was Psy, but I heard somebody else also recommend this. Yeah,
1: it was probably me or Iris. But it's, like, the way it's put together, it is super dark and entertaining. Like, succubuses, incubuses, demons, like... And it's gory and gruesome, so it's like, it's not what you'd expect. For me, it's like super myth- mythical, and it's But you it's, know what, wait, cool.
0: let's give it its due, and maybe they probably did this on purpose. It's not called Sabrina the Teenage Witch, huh? It's just probably called Sabrina, I think, right? Maybe. I'm
1: pretty sure it's Sabrina the Teen. No, I'm pretty sure it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I know witch.
0: it's like, obviously, a, a, a redo of that show. It's not,
1: all I know, guys, it's on nec- Netflix. Sabrina, let me Google it, the Teenage Witch. No, it is, it's, Sabrina well, let's the- see. it's Sabrina the wanna Teenage Witch. I want to look at witch.
0: the cover. I want to look at the cover. Sure. It that's, does that's, say it. That's, that's the, that's no, that's no, that's the old the, one. That's You're the OG right. one. That You're was
1: right. totally... That the old one. Um, here's, I think, a cover. It, well,
0: I'm just... You know what I'm saying? In terms of marketing, ch- guys, they might have just changed it to Sabrina. Like this one says She's th- a little this, older, this yeah? This thing
1: says The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but I'm pretty sure it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, either way, on but Netflix. But each season, they kind of... Maybe it's oh. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. There you go. Um, but um, either way, you'll find it. Type in Sabrina.
0: Um, okay, so that's the voice, the masked singer, Sabrina...
1: Uh, the chilly, I Chili Adventures of Sabrina <laughs> um, uh, Guys Baskets If you don't know What baskets is If you guys like Oh is this the Zach Galifianakis it is. show It is a old
0: This is an older show But uh It's Have hilarious. you just found it yeah, I just that's found it too. And it's super funny So it's, baskets It's almost too much for me It's like dry dry humor I can watch an episode or two But I, after a while I'm like yeah. Am, I giving, am I lowering my IQ by
1: watching this? No, I think, if anything, it just makes you feel smarter about yourself. So maybe it just <laughs> raises your level of gratification for how much hilarious. you've accomplished.
0: It kind of reminds me almost like the uh, the old school office a little bit. But the old school officer has more clever, yeah. silly, little quirky uh, stuff. But.
1: Also, uh, Dave is good. If you guys are into Little Dicky the Rapper, even oh, if yeah, you're not we Dave, it's that. actually... I like it. It's funny. It's quirky. And it's, he's a great actor. It's about how he comes up. And it's like a telltale of his beginnings. Is but, the uh,
0: Dave the one that liked you on your Instagram? That thought you were a success?
1: Oh, no. That was some random guy who's got like 14,000 followers. Who's like a, a local rapper.
0: And then tell me what the follow-up was on that.
1: Oh, so... He just wrote back, laugh out loud, my <laughs> laugh out loud, my dude, because I think he realized that I knew that it was like a robot. Like when you have like a survey question, like like ninety percent of my survey questions, like if I have one of the ones where you adjust the flame, where it's like hot or not, or like, mm. and I do goofy, stupid stuff to make fun of people who do that, and it just brings me like, yeah, bot, bots
0: answer them. A lot yeah, the bots
1: answer them a lot. So I did like ask me a question, and 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 his said. Nate, I'm one of your biggest fans. Keep up the good work. Love you, dude. (laughs) And then I reposted, like, see, even this dude loves me. And I tagged him, and he just wrote, laugh out loud. (laughs) Ha ha, my dude. I've never met this dude in my life. (laughs) Uh, And I can just tell it was totally a bot. And 90% of the people who, who comment on there are, like, these porn sites. They're, like... I click oh, yeah, on like it. Click. Like, no, like, go to my fans only. That's what I mean. yeah. Go there's to like, or there's like only. ten people, and I'm like, wow, man. The only fans. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm married, but right. all these girls are hitting on me, and I click them all. They're all fake. I'm like, man, I don't got it anymore. They're all <laughs> fake. It doesn't matter. I could be like some bum, and they
0: still be. And thirty years, it's yeah. That might be the actual. You yeah. Never know.
1: But there's tons of shows. Pinky blinders. uh, there's
0: Okay, sorry, top five, Deb C see, see see this guy's I got the tangent, one, my right, bad. Yeah. So yeah, top I, five. Mass Singer. I'm and i missing voice, one.
1: I know I'm missing one. The, the
0: Gabriel one you're watching right now.
1: Oh well that was just a documentary oh. um which uh I'll touch up on that one. Documentaries are always good. I also like uh, What in the World. All right, What in the World is something where, like, it's a it's a show on where, like, people who work for satellite companies, there's images that are found all over the globe via Google Earth and through satellites, and people report them. Like, what is this? Like, giant creatures in the ocean or this and that. Ooh. And they actually dissect it. This sounds interesting. And it is interesting. So they go through satellite images, and a lot of them are actually, like, hidden military bases that are <laughs> currently been found by other satellites in the U.S., that are like some of them are not debunked. Some are like, oh my gosh, this is a Chinese secret base. What are they working on? And some of them are like, they oh.
0: finally decided to let the satellites go over something that before they wouldn't. Yeah, or yeah. people
1: would report it because each day new pictures are taken and new things yeah. are found, and they debunk things or, or they or they give info on things. It and it's is there in, ever it's anything that's
0: like a optical illusion from satellites. Like they get down there. And it's just yes,
1: it's some some people there was like a famous murder dock scene. There's a famous dock that's in and oh in I think Sweden. I've heard of this. You and can there was look like blood up. stains all down the dock and it was in. and for a long time people thought it was a murder they even sent out forensics teams I after it was reported. Yeah, and it turns out that they did tests on the dock they sprayed the whole dock down looking for traces of blood there was no blood but it was very significant of blood traces on the satellite it was like a lot of so they go back and forth between different like analysts one person's like dude it's too it looks like too much blood that's definitely a murder scene and one guy's like well from the from the photo people would, we went there on that exact time of day that year like they waited two years to go on the yeah. exact date that picture was taken. Sure. Turns out there was an old tower there with exact shadow casting and it could have been that tower or the way the sun was forming a shadow for it to look.
0: Or that just like could have been the same circumstances of the picture that was taken before yes. it a doctor. The,
1: the main the thing is with that one, the main thing they debunked, I'll just give away that one, is that they thought that someone could have been playing with their dogs and when dogs get out of the water and run down a dock and shake their bodies, it leaves a similar trail. Only thing that a lot of people still argue is they looked clear as red like blood, um, so again the show is very interesting and that's super cool. Interesting. Obviously, guys. Last thing, documentaries. Um, this one I watched today is about a, a young boy from Palmdale. Um, his name was Gabriel Fernandez, and um, this is an old article, but uh, it's just about how that, you know, the child. It's it's this kid was. Tortured, he lived with his grandparents till he was about seven. His last eight months of his life, he moved back into his mom, and and they were his mom was pretty much a drug addict.
0: So he died the last
1: eight. He the last eight months, he was handcuffed, beaten with a bat. Um, he was locked in a cubby every day. He was um when they found him, he had abrasions on his head. He had a fractured skull. He had two fractured eyes. He had handcuff marks on his wrist and his. And his ankles. Holy Um, fuck! I'm sorry. He had every 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 rib was fractured. He had a BB gun pellet in his cheek and and right above his penis and his pelvis. Um, He both hands were broken. Um, So this kid was tortured for eight months. And this family had two other kids, and they were never tortured. This kid was just this one kid was like the prom child. Was he adopted? He was originally adopted. The mom gave him up. And the mom gave him up because I was uh, just
0: asking that because if there's other kids and the, they did the
1: two other kids are his, his actual brother and sister and he and
0: he's the only one that got to be so he
1: it's. was the the last child the last child to be born they didn't want him they gave him away to family and the two family members that took him were gay so th- these two gay guys raised him oh, then after shit. the time they couldn't th- one of the one of the uncles got deported so the kids moved him to the grandparents and the grandparents loved him and knew that his mom was a problem Gabriels mom was a problem and was horrible with boyfriends uh, But then the grandparents were going through some troubles. They're from Promdale, very low poverty area, and couldn't really afford them. And so the mom's like, I'll take them. Mom ends up using all three kids only for welfare. Right? That's one of the main conclusions, right? Welfare. Uh, The kid, they used to make him eat kitty litter. So they found kitty litter in his stomach. Fuck. Um, Yeah, so it's pretty brutal. And so it's a whole documentary on this. And it shows the whole case. Um, It's... It's crazy, and it shows about how the flaws in the Child um, Protective Services... I was going to say, what's like the... There's a lot of flaws. like th- In this clear case, this was the first case where the parents were actually put on death row in California. Oh, uh, damn. A, a child abuse case like this. Um, and uh, the, the boyfriend was the main person who... They were they po- like
0: like drug, druggies? Yeah.
1: Not really. So the boyfriend actually worked for care, uh, child care services, and then he was a security guard. And so
0: they just kind of were n- working the system and just had no care for they the. had no care. So
1: the, the main thing is that this girl was very, um, his mom, her name was Pearl, was very, very like manipulative. And this guy, she was very beautiful, and this guy was very goofy, big, dorky guy, but uh, big, strong, it's like 6'2", 270, like a, a huge guy. Uh, And a lot of people say that he was manipulated into doing these things and it could be possible. But at the end of the day, we all know it's right and wrong. And doing that to a child for eight months, it's there's no excuse. So he was sentenced to death. She took the guilty plea immediately and she was sentenced to life. Um, And it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And uh, it just it really shows in the documentary. The biggest issue was that teachers, the kid, uh, this was reported to the Child's Department of Safety uh, so many times, and it was underlooked and undermined because instead of asking the child... So there's there's something that's implemented. Um, when a child now, when a child has been subject to abuse, or if there's any marks, or if like a teacher sees any marks or anything, is that the teacher has the right to not only call Child Protective Services, but then Child Protective Services, once receiving the call of abuse, and there's markings or there's physical harm, has to contact the parent, and the parent legally has to take the child to the hospital immediately immediately for examination. Uh, The caretakers never, I mean, not that, but the social workers never did that. Some steps were skipped. Um... They would. What happens was the social workers would take the word from the teacher and then call the mom and ask what would happen. But you're not supposed to call the mom and ask what happened. If there's abuse, the first thing is, hey, you need to take your child to the hospital to this get was, examined. This was reported, so and then we'll, then we'll question you afterwards because yeah. the goal is if we don't give the uh, a chance for the parents to manipulate social workers or give them an excuse
0: and not document some sort of potential yes. marks that and are there And this kid was never not
1: once taken to the hospital. So there's a lot of or flaws injury. in the system. The mom is very manipulative and good at working the system and telling the social workers the one they one what they wanted to hear so anyways i'm not gonna get too into depth but it's a very very like eye-opening story on this eight-year-old from palmdale and uh it really opens your eyes up to uh a lot of a lot of times where people turn turn the blind eye especially in the in the services that we expect those people to be paying the most attention for our safety and our health because they're just fucking
0: bureaucratic human beings going to work clocking in for a paycheck a lot of the time too so they're not
1: this will be my last thing that you said that yeah like, for there's one example, like, this was two weeks before the kid died. He had two black eyes. He had, like, a swollen cheek because there was a BB lodged in it. Um, he could barely walk and handcuff marks on his on his wrist. Um, the girl went into the department where you apply for, like, benefits and social security and stuff like that. And they have a security guard there. And while they're in there, uh, she brought her son Gabriel at the time, which is the one being abused, in her three other, her two other children. And, um, while well in there, they all walked past the security guard. And Gabriel was last to walk walk past the security guard and showed him, like, Looked at him, kind of like a plea for help, showed the security guard, like, look at my wrist. And the security guard freaked out, right? So after they left, the security guard immediately went to the girl who was just in that department. It's a girl who's there for child safety and protective services. Went to her, and the girl's like, hey, did you see that kid's haircut? It was messed up. First of all, the security guard is like haircut. Not the kid was beaten up. She's like, oh, I noticed that too. Oh man, this is my department. Wow. He's like, okay, well, are you going to do something about it? She's like, I don't know. Um, I just got assigned this department, so she's like, let me go ask my supervisor if he wants me because it's in 15 minutes we close. If he wants me to, uh, to close. Yeah. Right. Or if she wants me to do something, call the services and get things done. Like, this sure. was a life or death situation. Sure, sure, sure. She goes and asks her boss, and the boss says, no, we're closing in 15 minutes. I'll have to pay overtime, and then my boss will give me shit. Just let it be. Fuck. All right, so the security guard then. Uh, this security, so, this, at the end of the day, he calls, like, three to number, numbers. Calls the cops. He said, it's not an emergency. You need to call um, Child Protective Services. Call Child Protective it's like Services. It's like I'm standing <laughs> in Child Protective yes, Services. Yes, exactly. He did four <laughs> steps, and, and, and at the end of the day, it came down to they turned a blind eye and that day would have saved that child's life he died a week later from wow. blunt force trauma if she just did her job called the child protective services and got that kid escorted to a hospital yeah and started the ball
0: rolling in terms of getting in some protection yes yeah, so there's
1: a lot of times so but there's a lot of people who so, did everything they could and, and yeah and, and the so social not security it's all bad in terms of that no it's just it's it's it just shows you uh,
0: a couple con uh, artists that are also fucking child abusers and like uh, fucked up and the system like failing itself in that child all mixed into one
1: yeah, so since 2017 they've done a lot a lot of changes since that because that was the first time that p- social workers originally weren't able to be pro- uh, to be charged with like anything that happens to a child under their care because sometimes one social worker will have up to 30 kids which is a big problem in the system it's too much to handle I and each see. case varies.
0: So it's like why would I take on this job and take these kids on yes. if I have a legal r- responsibility? Yes. But at the same time you can't be exonerated for not Doing something and you know, yeah, and
1: not seeing something right away. There's certain steps, but like you can't be charged for a parent. Like, I can't be charged. I I know you, Dustin, um, and I'm your friend, but I can't be charged. Like, let's say I know you're kind of a shitty person, part of my language, and I know you hurt people sometimes. I can't be charged if you go hurt someone, right? It's not my fault, even though I know you. So it's the same thing. Oh like yeah, You are held responsible for your own actions.
0: And just like a therapist, if a, their client said specifically they were going to take uh, someone's life or do some sort of specific crime, then they have the obligation, not only the ability to break uh, client privilege. Yes, but privilege. It's, not, it's not the, the therapist's not fault if they go kill them. Exactly. Like they can't be held yeah. accountable
1: to put years in prison.
0: But if they don't say something in that time. But I'm saying if they just know generally that they have the potential to take these... P- you know kinds of activities or actions uh, and then they go off and do it you can't be held responsible
1: yeah exactly so again that, that's a really that's a really fine so line so the
0: accountability with these social workers makes it, it hard to to and enforce when they're not doing their job or hold them accountable and make them do yeah. a better job. The
1: hardest part in this case, though, was like uh, this they, this one girl clearly didn't do her job and report the right things and they didn't go through the proper methods to be like, oh my gosh, This the, a teacher from the school reported six times. Every time this kid came in with bruises, this kid is being abused. He said he got hit with a belt, not a normal belt, but the metal belt buckle over the head and over the butt and it was like blood everywhere. Then he came in with two black eyes and then one time he came in and said every time like hey i got shot with a bb gun this is what really happened like this this kid was bad
0: and this is good uh, examples because i'm actually someone who's um an advocate in 2020 uh for corporal punishment and spanking my kids things like that but i mean without even watching the show you with your description this is a hundred percent over the top child abuse like there's and I, I i can only imagine that someone in that's their job is to look for these kinds of signs and symptoms and and to take action when they do uh, but it, it's amazing that the red tape and the bureaucracy um, and like I don't know. It's I, c- I guess I can understand it because it has to do with the rights of parents over their own children. But that um, that difficult uh, nature to try to navigate those things when in this case very very obvious abuse is taking place. It's it's a s- sad story. It sounds like man. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I'm actually looking up
1: pictures than in the documentary, but uh, I don't know if they're going to have them on the internet, so um, but guys, if you have a chance to just check it out, like, these these pictures are old, these are when the kids heal, but, like, uh, in the documentary, it shows the unleaked pictures, um, and it's just, it is, like, it is horrific. It's absolutely horrific. So
0: well, we're gonna spin this thing a uh, forward on a little bit brighter note. Uh, I did appreciate all your suggestions, though. There was a lot of different options there. Uh, good stuff. The voice mask singer, uh, Sabrina, the new one. Uh, this current documentary, documentaries in general. So uh, great uh, suggestions. I don't know what else to say. As far Dave as and baskets. Oh yeah, Dave and baskets. As far as laughing uh, and on us. Uh, the same idea laughing uh comedy specials i wanted to recommend um tom segura ball hog just came out um burt kreischer uh hey big boy just came out they're kind of like if you don't got if you guys aren't don't already know who these two gentlemen are um it's perfect that both their specials came out one after the other and uh lucky for them i mean lucky's probably not the right word but that uh, A lot of us are sitting at home right now, so uh, the numbers in terms of Netflix, Tiger King's taking over the nation, and a lot of these uh, stand-up comedians that happen to time their specials to, to launch around this time are benefiting from it. So, But those are two amazing ones. I know Chris D'Elia, I think, came out with one either this week or is coming up next I week. Love I love Chris I haven't so, seen I that one him. yet, so there's a fresh one coming out uh, for him, so make sure to look that. Look that one up, and then um, of course, as again as we talked about Tiger King, um, I watched uh, a movie. Though I watched uh, it's called 1917. Uh, Have you seen it? No. Um, it's a beautiful movie about World War One.
1: Is it about the the people who transport the boats?
0: No. It's about. Um, it's kind of. It's a mixture of a couple of different types of movies in terms of how it was filmed, how good it was done, in terms of its artistic nature, in terms of its uh, uh, war realism, like kind of Saving Private Ryan-ish uh, mixed with um, Thin Red Line and a couple other movies that have a, r- a couple really good like um, artistic scenes. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it's kind of um, Saving Private Ryan-ish as well because the main storyline, one of the two characters' brothers, is who they're trying to get to, um, not just to save him, but it's, um, I think... I can I don't want to mess up the history in terms of the exact battle, but basically, um, a huge regiment during the time. If you're familiar with World War One, there was a time that the Nazis and the entire um, Axis force was was retreating, and at one point, the United States Army thought or military thought that they were retreating because we had them on the run, but they were actually um, trying to reinforce and uh, reposition to kind of ambush any kind of um, mm. uh, approach that we were going to make. But a couple of battalions, this one in particular. Um, you know in real time seeing the battle seeing them start to retreat seeing what ground they were uh, gaining uh were convinced that they were retreating, had them on the run, and if they only continued to to be offensive, did they finally break the the Nazis back? Blah blah blah. Right. Well, the the overall generals and air aerial views saw that they were definitely heading into a trap. So the main two characters are trying to catch up with this uh, uh, group in this battalion by the you know following morning or something like that to get word to get them to not attack as well as save that the one character's brother. So um, it's really action packed, but it's also one of my favorite things about this movie, and then there's another movie called, um, was it No Country for Old Men? Is that the movie that has no music? The entire movie? I think that's the, or There Will Be Blood also maybe has no music. Anyways, movies that have zero music sometimes can be a little boring, but, um, I like that sometimes, and this is why. There's sometimes in movies where it'll build up a a moment, and you kind of know it's like building tension, and then something will happen, and then you just kind of feel it more, which is cool, and I like the music in that way, but you kind of saw it coming whether you realized it or not, right? So in this movie, some really significant scenes happen and then are gone before you – not before you realize it, but you realize, like, they didn't build it up. It just happened. So, like, in real life, if you're at war and your buddy gets shot or something like that, yes, emotionally it's going to be extremely intense. But, like, the music, this, the things around you aren't going to change. It's just, It's just life, and it just continues to happen with no – Extra significance, so it's really raw and weird without music. And then, and in this case, I'll give one little example. It happens, someone dies, and then a moment later, he's getting picked up by another group of soldiers and just getting in a truck and driving away. Like, and that's how he has to say goodbye to his friend. And I, so, I'm just saying, it, it doesn't. It doesn't pity, uh, give you kick gloves or or make it, what's the word I'm trying to look at, desensitize you to any kind of like raw situation. It's like, nope, that's how rough it would be. This happens, see you later, bye. That's where they'd leave his friend's body. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I I like that kind of realism, especially in like a military or war movie. So, I got to highly recommend this movie. And last thing I'll say about it is in terms of the cinematography and the way it was shot, it wasn't this way, but they shoot it in a way that makes it seem like it's one long ass scene. So, like, from the very beginning, as these guys walk, as they walk in and out of places and things happen, the camera's, like, going wide and spinning around and then coming in. And so it's, it's giving you different approaches and different looks, but it never cuts. The only time it would cut would be maybe when, like, you go, like, a tree comes into view when the two guys are farther than it, right? And then there's situations like that that I can see that they do actually probably break. but
1: It just seems, yeah. It's, it's just cool that it's, way. It's like almost it. like if you watch someone live their life for a whole day. Yeah, it grabs it, it, you. It, it, it's like you you don't miss a heartbeat in that. It, so it's like the whole
0: moment. Yeah, you don't
1: miss a heartbeat.
0: You um you gra- it, the movie seems to grab you, and then like you're still there in that moment. The Cuts, whole cut movie. scenes
1: are kind of like breaks too, or like pauses. So you're like. You breathe. They can kind of build it down. Yeah. And build it up. But this one, it's like you're engaged the whole time. If it can catch your attention, it sounds like this movie catches your attention. It has lulls, so, but
0: then action because it's a war movie and then yeah. lulls and then action. And then you're right, and that's a very good point. Uh, I just want to talk about that real quick, is that some movies, when they do that, they have to help the, the viewer along by kind of recapping things with back uh, uh, cut scenes and things like that, giving them a moment to digest things and kind of catch up and figure out what's going on in the movie to then take the next part of the movie on. Uh, but in this kind of a movie without those cuts, you have, you're have you along for the ride the whole time. Yeah. So mm. uh, you don't really have time to kind of um, digest the, the, the earlier parts in the movie until the whole thing's over. You're just kind of along for the ride. So um, I highly recommend it. I liked it. Um, um, I hope I didn't give too much of a wake. because I don't think about that kind of stuff in terms of spoilers. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that one, a couple comedy specials, and then we're playing video games. I'm playing a lot of drums on the electronic drums that Nate has here at the house. It's awesome because we can play uh, YouTube videos as well as mix the drums that we're playing over it. So it's like I'm playing yeah, along.
1: And it's like you're in a live concert. It's like you're playing there. It's not like I'm playing this song on YouTube over speakers and playing this really loud kit. It's mixed into a professional, the system we use here, but a professional software system to where... You can mix it and master it to where while you're jamming to this YouTube, it sounds like you're jamming with the band, and it sounds good. It sounds like you're listening to a live track, it's but annoying. you're playing in the live track. It's
0: annoying to you, but I saw the other day when we would switch song to song to song, Nate would be switching the EQs to make the drum kit sound like the drum kit from whatever the band or song was that we were playing. Um, so it would match not only volume-wise, but it was just matching overall. Um, but yeah, that's one of the benefits of having it be digital and through through the software and stuff like that. But to your point, you have it both ways, where we can have everything straight in the headphones so like someone outside in the next room just hears little tum, 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 on, yeah. drum, on little drum pad so it's not too loud or you can put it on two huge ass monitors as well or huge ass speakers as well as your two monitors in this tiny ass room mm-hmm. to where it's like vibrating like you were at a fucking concert yeah the
1: whole house so you know it's, it's a good it's, a, it's a good little setup man it's and a then nice uh, setup.
0: one other thing i don't want to forget to mention is uh Nora cut my hair and I am actually very pleasantly surprised. I got I got more nervous than I thought I was going to get. But when I approached her with it, I was like, hey, you want to try to cut my hair? And if it doesn't work out, I'll just buzz it. And finally kind of like got – I thought about it for a while. I thought, and it's like, okay, well, fuck it. I'll just buzz my head. It's quarantine. It's the only – if we're going to do it, this is the time to do it. Uh, so, like, let's have some fun with Nora, see if she can cut my hair. And if she goofs up, then, uh, you know, I'll just buzz it. And she was a little – Like timid, of course, and didn't want to fuck up. And I was like kind of nervous. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, man, she ended up doing a very, very good job. I got to give it up to her. She just used uh, clippers and a comb and then. Maybe a little bit of uh, scissors here and there. But overall, ended up just like my haircut that I normally get for the most part. I did a couple of things, too, my hard part, things like that. But, yeah, I got a, f- a free haircut. But she's charging 40 bucks if y'all want to get a quarantine haircut because she has to go out there and yeah, put, but expose herself. Hair,
1: but you're not going to be your boyfriend, so every haircut's going to be horrible. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Good point. Yeah,
0: she like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm yeah. Sorry,
1: 40 bucks.
0: And the rule is you have to buzz it if I fuck up, right? So let's go. She just starts, she just buzzes her hair.
1: What are you doing? Well, I was going to mess up (laughs) anyway. Might as well just buzz it. Just buzzes everybody.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Since we're talking about Nora, real quick, make sure to check out uh, DreamLoudCollections.com, guys. Custom-made, handmade jewelry made with love. Check her out. Uh, If you mention the podcast, she'll give you a discount as well.
1: Discount.
0: All right, guys. Well, um, we kind of got off track, as we do, as we talked about earlier. Uh, But there's still so much to talk about, even when there's not uh, a lot of mixed martial arts or combat sports news. So um, instead of doing the IG Live questions that I was going to do tonight, look for it for this coming week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not sure one of these days this week. Uh, This week we'll go live uh, for 10, 20 minutes, get a little bit of engagement from you guys, get a few questions, and then um, I'll record the the responses and the answers to that so we can have a little bit of bonus content for this week. So, uh, But moving forward, um, so I wanted to go and just quickly break down the order of events that happened between uh, recording on Monday um the IG live responses in, uh, to UFC 249 getting announced uh, the full card and all that stuff um and my correct prediction of it being at the Tachi Palace in uh, Livermore California um the course of events between it getting announced without the location of course and, and to it uh, getting announced that it's now been uh, postponed is still the wording that they're using so um Basically, Dana, when he was talking to Brett Okamoto and explaining that it was definitely happening, they released the full fight card, everything but the location, and they're obviously pressing him on why aren't you explaining the location? He was, you know, because I'm telling the media, I'm telling these other people, there's a lot of people that uh, do get pressured from others and are are worried and might chicken out. I'm not going to back down from anyone, but other people might. So he basically didn't want to release it for a lot of reasons, which I'll explain. Uh, But um, he releases everything but the location on, uh, I believe that was Monday, yeah, so 4-6. And then Peter Murray, the CEO of SureDog.com, uh, who runs their Twitter account, on the same day, later in the day, uh, released, or leaked, I guess is a better, informa- a better word, uh, information about the Tachi Palace. That's where I got it from, the very first person to report it. It ended up going to um, the Washington Post and a couple other people, um, Oscar Garcia, I think his name is on Twitter, uh, but a few other people reported it later that day as well. But the first person to do it uh, leaked it, and it was uh, Peter Murray. And I asked something about, I mean, he even put hashtag I I told you first on 4-6. Um, and then on 4-9, so three days later, the day it got announced that it was canceled, Diane Feinstein, uh, a sitting U.S. senator for California, um, wrote a, a long, I don't want to read it, but go check it out. Go look it up. Just type in D, uh, UFC and Diane Feinstein. You'll definitely find it. But basically urging the um, casino and the... Um, the tribal people of that area to not hold that event, putting political pressure on them and the UFC to postpone the event. And then also after that, uh, governor Gavin Newsom also basically joined the club. And then also, uh, he placed a phone call to Disney and ESPN executives, urging them to do the same. They put pressure on Dana White, Dana White for, po- uh, announced that he's postponing the event. That all happened in the same day between, or, I mean, it could have been the day before, but between, um, Wednesday, so the 9th, um, Diane Feinstein's urging Ga- Gavin Newsom reaching out and Dana White announcing that it was uh, postponed. Um, he said something. Oh, so, okay. So after all that, it's not happening. It's not happening on the 18th. Um, again, I was right about where it was going to happen. I just had to point that out. Um, but it's probably the right thing overall in the end. Uh, I don't want to get too in-depth and discuss that right now because that could go for a much longer discussion. But um, Whatever you think about it, if you're excited for him. I mean, I was of two minds. I was definitely excited to watch some fights. But now that it's not going to happen, that's all well and good. I wanted to point out two things. One, I'm, I'm wondering why the CEO of SureDog was the one to leak it. Because I'm sure he's smart enough to know that the whole reason Dana White didn't want the information leaked about where it was happening is because once that gets out, now, in this case, uh, political... Um, People, so senators, governors, people like that, can um, know it's coming their way. Potentially, do what they did, put pressure on the UFC to postpone the event. Then it gets postponed. Um, so I know he's smart enough to realize that that's going to happen. So. Does did someone ask him to do it? Does he have some sort of incentive to do it? Or is he just so much of an idiot and a clout chaser that he just wanted to be first? He even did hashtag I Told You First. I vote that. And when it comes so? to
1: when it comes to media and producing articles like SureDog and 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 being part of the online uh, article Lifestyle, sure, th- sure. you get known for, you get credit, and you get big credit and big props in that industry when you are the first one to find out and get the news. Because then, when everyone has a question and all the all the people want to know what's going down, they're going to come to you first. You're going to charge them a, a pretty penny. So I think, uh, well,
0: I mean, what was I just doing two times ago? You know, I was the first one to tell you was Tachi Palace. So I, I feel but that. You're, but, but at but the same you're time, you're on a it's
1: podcast, like... and you're and you're also someone who's just taking a wild guest and you're getting your sources from people that are our big name people online that have better connections than we do at the moment. And they're doing, they're in a bigger, we're just, we're just spreading the message. We're getting from these bigger, higher ups. Sure. This is stuff that we wouldn't have a clue where it would be if, if we didn't have these big wigs leaking this crap. Yeah. So at the end of the day, sure Dog is a big website and very, very well known in the MMA community, especially when it comes to stats and articles. So, so. Do you
0: don't think that they would see like the kind of, uh, waterfall or snowball effect of it getting out. I mean, it was was the ninth.
1: I don't think people were thinking... I don't think he was thinking... I want to give the guy credit, ShowDog. Like, me and you, personally, I wasn't thinking that deep. But it makes sense when Dana's like, the reason why we didn't want it leaked is because now politics get involved and that gives them plenty of time to make their way to that casino or wherever we want the fight to be and implement their will in shutting it down they can't do that if they don't know where it's happening because the day of the fight's gonna be like oh look we're here and now they, they can't shut it down it's already happening it's already planned organized event so it makes sense why he wanted to wait i didn't think about that i that wasn't on my mind so i'm sure it wasn't on this guy's mind either you know but now we know in these kind of circumstances that uh having disclosed location was super important for the UFC, not because they wanted to do a, a, this crazy buildup and surprise us, but because they didn't want it to get shut
0: down. Yeah, because basically there was no place that, I mean, we had even speculated it. If you think, listen back like two, three f- episodes ago, talked about this, they were looking into tribal land. We talked about how that's the same as international waters in terms of like legality. So uh, if if, with everything that had happened up to that point, even though we thought it was never going to happen in the United States, happen, it was going to definitely happen over by Russia or Abu Dhabi and all that stuff. Nope, that didn't happen. So then it was going to have to, if have it's to happen. It's not
1: happening in Russia. It didn't happen anywhere.
0: Right. Um, so ultimately it's going to happen in the United States and the West Coast was as much as Dana White would say. And it makes sense to why, you know, and this is why. And so ultimately it got postponed, canceled. I mean, they don't want to use the words canceled. Um, we'll, sk- we'll see. We'll, we're going to talk about this over the coming weeks, especially when we get some questions from you guys about, you know, now that this is scrapped, is Tony going to face Khabib in uh, September uh, after uh, Ramadan's over? Or, you know, is Justin still going to face him for the interim title or is Connor going to scoot in and it's going to be Khabib Khabib. Khabib
1: can't run unless Khabib or Tony gets injured. Uh, no one's gonna want to see Gaethje. It's gonna ha- they're gonna have to run as much as it's gonna be a banger. Well, and they um, were
0: talking. You're right. Good point. They were talking about a lead up to uh, before all this shit happened that Connor and Gaethje potentially yeah. and and even. Um, and I think that's a more realistic uh, way to throw it. A lot of people don't realize that what's happening in the background is Ali Abdelaziz is the manager for both these guys. Khabib and Ali are uh, leveraging them uh, them not wanting to fight Connor again against him and saying, "Okay, well, you got to fight my other client, the other." Guy guy that's right up next to the top That uh, if he beats you then he's then i'm me as ali i'm gonna have number one fight number two both of my clients fighting each other for the title so they're both leverage he's let he does this with all of his fighters um i'm not saying it's a bad tactic um i'm not necessarily a 100 percent advocate of him in terms of all of the things that he does but everything i've heard from any fighter he's represented has been 100 percent positive so um and, and they're all they're all
1: up and coming champions, and so they're all making doing
0: exactly. So because he can leverage this, he can kind of help leapfrog them throughout the division, and that's what's happening. So if uh, now that this is scrapped, I think it's a good point. Maybe uh, Ali goes back to Nope, got to fight Justin Connor, get him his due, his payday, and uh, Tony fights Khabib. And yeah, then we go from there.
1: But you know, this is this is what I think. I I personally, as a manager, I'd be a little worried because I I see t- Tony is obviously more of a threat than Connor is because Khabib's you know, in a lot of people's eyes, kind of just put a whooping on Connor. Oh,
0: to his client Justin or to, or to Khabib? To to
1: to Khabib. So, like, Tony right now is, if you look at it from this point, uh, Tony is still, like... You know, I can see why they don't want him to fight Conor again. It's a big money fight, but they don't want him to fight Conor again. But Conor, I think, would be an easier fight than Tony. Oh, I see. You know what I'm saying? I see what if you, you saying. look at it from history's perspective, now, I mean, you could look at a perspective. Well, like McGregor's better. He's in a better mindset. He could be a totally different McGregor. Absolutely. Khabib just doesn't want to deal with that. all that bullshit. He doesn't want to deal with it. But you know, too, you know, Tony's more. I think right now a more th- a dangerous threat. Tony's at his prime. of his prime, he's always been a savage. Which is respect this to Khabib because he says it needs, that. It needs, yeah, and it he needs, says that's he why. Respect. I need to beat him for my That's legacy. That's why I like this Khabib. He's kind of like Israel, uh, Israel in, yeah. in that aspect of a like, hey, I need to beat this guy. They're not afraid to fight the guy, but they pick him on his terms. Kind of like Mayweather. I'll fight sure. him on my terms when it's my time. But end of the day, this fight needs to happen. So since this is postponed, Gaethje, I, I don't think should be in the picture. I, does he deserve a title shot? 120, especially, after, 120%. His percent. Win, no know, especially after his next win, no either, matter who you know, but I think him, especially after his next win, either either fights is. are going to sell. And you know what, Gaethje? you know what, you deserve that money fight for sure. So, well, you know what, Khabib got his money fight. Unfortunately, he lost most of the money he made because of the fines. But, um, get that money fight with McGregor, get that money fight in, do what you do. Hopefully, you, you win. Uh, either way, win or lose, both you guys, whoever wins, I love you both because you guys both get in the ring, you have a lot of guts, so
0: kudos to you. And you'll be happy either way.
1: You know, and then get that title shot, and then that's even more glorifying, get a bunch of money, and then go win the title. Um, but at the same, yeah, so that's great, but at the same time, you know, it Khabib and Ferguson has to happen, man. So it has what's to happen. The, what's and this is the perfect timeline. It's no, they're no longer fighting.
0: One of the odds, on uh, we book uh, Tony and Khabib for a sixth time, that a meteor the size of Texas hits the, the earth to keep it from happening.
1: You know, it's...
0: The MMA gods have just tried to warn us that this cannot happen.
1: Uh, you know, any at, at this point, anything can happen. The odds are... It reminds me The of odds... The, you know what? The odds... We have a more I feel like we have a higher chance in what happening with I think what's more of a possibility, not the meteor obviously, but we have a higher chance that hey. this fight, this whole uh the Covid lasts a lot longer than we all expected. Months and uh, months yeah. to the point where Khabib's like, I'm over it I'm retiring, I'm retiring and it never because happens because You're totally. That's we a higher about probability. This. He
0: totally wants to beat Tony and then potentially retire undefeated, which is another thing. Uh, last thing I'll say about Ali, but you know, leveraging his two clients, and he does it more than more than in just ca- this case, it works out win-win for both of them. And uh, so, if if you know Connor beats Tony, or, I'm sorry, if Connor beats uh, Justin, but then. Uh, Khabib already beat Tony, which he didn't want. Doesn't want to fight Conor a second time. Has millions and millions of dollars. as a fucking demagogue over there. In his he, world. Yeah, so he doesn't need all that. Money. And he then he can retire. Like a, we hut. talked about this before in previous episode. He can retire undefeated, undisputed light heavyweight champion. champion. Uh, uh, inshallah. Uh, inshallah. In- and then in, so
1: inshallah. So,
0: inshallah. But that would twist the knife in Conor's heart uh-huh. more than anything else. That he could, if he could not. Get that one back. Yeah, but you know, to, that would be the ultimate thing that he could do. But to it'd, revenge. Be, it'd
1: be the all, all. It would also be the ultimate piss in, uh, in uh Ferguson's face because Ferguson's been screwed over so many times in getting this main fight. No, no,
0: no. no. I'm saying if in this scenario he he no, fights Tony, beats him, and even if Gaethje fights, oh, if Conor he fights and, Tony, yeah, and beats it, even if Counter beats Gaethje, but at that by that point. Khabib had fought Tony and beat him he's like alright peace I'm out undisputed yeah. undefeated later yeah. fuck you Connor I don't need the money I'm not fighting you a second time yeah that would well be, he doesn't need to I know and that'd be the ultimate revenge to someone like Connor Absolutely. who actually gives a shit about all that yeah, fame saying, and surprise yeah, I was
1: saying that, unfortunately if he retired before
0: that would be uh, fucked Ferguson, up. I mean Tony would be He's his not-
1: legacy would be that guy has had such a, say, a hard not, route, man. He's, he's been gotten beating, screwed over more than anybody. He's been else. putting on brutal wars and entertaining fights for years, and and has been like top level, and has been underlooked and undermined so many times. Top and, uh, level, and you know he just never had it. Just never had that final break of being the unified yeah. <laughs> champion. Never, not,
0: not the. Never lost Inter- his, his interim, interim belt. Never lost it. Got it stripped from him. for and he, Even in that case, and he, he recovered to, from a knee surgery And, and, in and five had to come months.
1: back to, 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 to fight for a title, and it wasn't even the title. It was interim again.
0: Oh, this is the second you fight. Know, he's, fought second fights, one. he's fought in fights since that weren't even interim titles. But exactly. So he's been the interim title holder, had it stripped from him, never lost it, and then recovered in the same five-month period of time, came back and fought on the same card against Anthony Pettis that um, be and Connor fought on, meaning he could have gotten healthy enough to come back and fight in that, pl- in that spot where he lost that spot, quote-unquote, because of the injury. No, he was able to rehab himself in six months, five and a half months, and get back to that fight, and they didn't give him to him. And he took it, company man again, fought Anthony Pettis for a non-interim belt, and then he fought Donald Cerrone for a non-interim belt, and in this case would have been the, second, the first person only to ever have be the second-time interim uh, lightweight champion. Um, <laughs> Winning the belt without even losing, without even losing it. The interim won <laughs> twice. And has the best, I know this statement is 100% correct, that he has the best uh, record, the best ongoing fight streak in the light heavyweight history of the UFC, but I don't know if it, if he's got it in the entire UFC, but I think yeah. it's close. And he's got, I think, 12 or potentially 13-0 oh a run and he's only lost uh, one fight to Michael, Michael Johnson, Johnson, and he broke his arm in that fight. So, Tony Ferguson, if he doesn't get his due, and especially for being a company man, and even in this case, trying to like take a last minute fight against the motherfucker like Justin Gaethje, of all people, yeah. um, Tony Ferguson better get his due. And if he gets screwed over anymore, he's top pound for bound, number one person to get screwed over and never be an undisputed champion. And and be the, you know and, what I mean? And, and, yeah, Best it's like, fighter to never It's be like being trigger. the
1: m- biggest underrated savage in the UFC. And he's not underrated. I don't want to say he's underrated, but I say he's underrated to the point where like he hasn't been given the title shot he deserves in the timely manner that he deserves.
0: Check this stat out. Best fighter to never even have fought for an undisputed title. The only title he's ever fought for was an interim belt.
1: Yeah, and that was against, uh, what's his name? Black guy. Kevin uh, Lee? Kevin Lee, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he's won the winner and belt, lost it once. And that was a fight, man. Potentially I, I fought for that, that
1: was a good fight. Yeah, Kevin Lee rocked him a few times, and then Ferguson rocked him a few times, and then ended up submitting him. That's yeah, another
0: story, Kevin yeah. Lee. Hopefully he can find a way to put it together. Yeah. Do you guys you know. do you remember his last fight? Yeah. Uh, Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How did he get f- he got finished? He didn't got he? Subbed. subbed. Yeah, he, right. d-
0: he actually was having a lot of success in that third round, as you pointed out, towards the beginning of that round, and then dove into a, a guillotine.
1: Try to shoot on him, didn't he? Yeah. Ah, such a rookie someone mistake.
0: pointed that out about his style, about his abilities aren't the problem, his talent isn't the problem, but that his fight IQ and decision making. Where even in multiple cases, he's the an guy- angry
1: dude. Sometimes he sometimes he fights like when he, sure. who do he fight? Uh, Gregor Gillespie. Oh, that's. He fought fight. with such IQ and patience, sure. and Focus. Yeah, yeah. But G- when when there's a storm and when there's weather, um, sure. He just it happens to a lot of us. We get cracked. We get hit, and we just. Our frustration takes over and we just throw the first muscle memory thing we have, which is an early overhand or a very deep <laughs> shot or a very bad shot with our head, you know, either left or right. They yeah. tell you to shoot with your head almost dead center, right? Because when you shoot with your head dead center on a double leg. There's um, only a
0: 10 finger at that point. It yeah, depends on what you're doing. It's
1: very hard to get stuck in the guillotine. It's a guillotine. The biggest thing is people sometimes shoot and put their head left or right. Uh, and when you do that, you put yourself immediately into a guillotine if you shoot, especially if especially
0: you, on someone like Oliveira, especially bro. on
1: Oliveira, who's who wanted to win TKO. He's been trying to prove that his striking yep. is is has improved a lot, which he's shown a lot because he's gotten a couple. Uh, uh, TKOs in his last couple fights but uh, this guy's known for submitting people originally left and right and to and to put yourself in and Kevin Lee is a wrestler you know with a good wrestling background that's something that's well known you just don't shoot with your head on the side like that or put yourself in a position when you shoot that you put yourself in a deep guillotine especially on a submission artist like Charles Oliveira
0: Well t- dude check this out. He was doing, the person's pointed out three separate occasions that the times that he was making these mistakes were when he was having success and gaining momentum in a fight.
1: Oh, so maybe he's overconfident.
0: So something's he just, happening he's like, you when know what? he's having success.
1: I'm killing it. I don't need to second guess my technique. I'm just going to shoot. I'm going to do my thing. I know what I'm doing. Uh, in
0: that fight, he wasn't having much success, but at the beginning of the third round, he started gaining momentum. And then as soon as he started putting Oliver on the back foot.
1: You know, you know, sometimes what happens is when you get really cocky on the feet and you're doing really good, you, you can never, ever underestimate. Maybe if you're with like if I'm with a sparring partner and I've been with him for years and I know I'm a heavyweight class and I'm his coach, then I can kind of be cocky and throw something and and and, and not be worried about counters or like uh, because of his experience. But when you're fighting a guy who's just as experienced, as you just as good as you, you can never give him you can never, ever uh, lose your focus for example, sometimes when you get too confident, you, you, you might throw wild hooks, like you'll throw three hooks in a row without having one hand by your face. Or when you throw, you throw three hooks and you'll sit in the pocket instead of getting out of the pocket. Or you'll you'll just get cocky in there or you'll you'll move your head in the pocket and slip like a boxer with your hands down knowing that there's kicks, knees, elbows, and other weapons in kickboxing, which is a bad idea. You're not boxing. You don't have to worry about just hands with 20 other weapons, actually technically eight. but um, So this might be a case where Kevin Lee got
0: as soon as he starts he's to feel his got super confident because it was—it wasn't. He's like, not
1: worried about repercussions at that point. He thinks yeah. he's got it in the bag. He's going to just, you know. Just well, sh-
0: I can see like, okay, there's people. Brian is a great example of this. They're like uh, a momentum fighter, a emotional fighter, right? So, um, like, if they start to have success, they start to feel good. They start to get their groove. They start to feel loose. Okay, they're feeling themselves. Okay, and that uh, most of the time, given the way that their fight. Uh, they're fighting, I don't know how to describe it, given the way that it normally goes for them, um, when they have success, it's when that, that continues to build, that momentum continues mm-hmm. to build, and then it waterfalls, and then they're overwhelming their opponents, and they're having success in that way. Yeah. And then it also works in the reverse. When they're not having success, it ends up building, 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 and then it waterfalls on them, and then they crumble. Kevin Lee has tapped a few times, tapped in this case. Um, I'm not saying he's, uh, I mean cage fighters get my ultimate respect. Uh, But you've seen sometimes people's, their will or their gas tank breaks in there. Um, So I'm just saying mentally, I think that he gets put in a position where he feels comfortable and gets some momentum and he's feeling loose. And because of that, like you said, he, just he, loses, went for it. he loses focus, and then yeah, it doesn't. It's like st- he like, respect yeah, to whatever the standards still. It's, it's like he's still don't.
1: focused, but you get such a confidence that you go for something without really thinking of the repercussions because yeah. you're not too worried about this moment because you got your hands played.
0: Or like who's in front of you? You got to respect yeah, the person that's exactly, in front of you. Exactly. Like
1: sometimes, like I, you could be doing really good against a, a savage. Let's say you have a guy that usually you and him are constantly beating on each other, but like. Today's your day, and you're like, left hook. And you know this guy hits hard, right? Get inside the pocket, you're like, left hook head, left hook body. Start working him, hard jab, hard leg kick. You just feel invincible. He's, not, he's, he's not missing fight. everything. He's not firing back, but he's not firing back because he's uh, on the defense, right? Yeah. So let's say this guy's on the defense, he's not firing back. I'm getting confident. I'm like, oh, he can't even fire back. He's he's already crumbling. Maybe he's not crumbling. Maybe he's just waiting for the opportunity to counter. Mm. Fire back. So you get back in the pocket. Now I'm throwing a left hook, left hook body. Now I'm sitting there in the pocket. I'm not getting out of the pocket because I'm not worried about him hitting me back. Next thing I, you know, I'm like, all right, he's not going to hit me back. I'm overconfident. I'm just going to go for it, left through to the body again. And then he c- catches me with a hard right uppercut.
0: That was and Javon. then
1: and th- then it then it finishes yeah. then it finishes uh, but no that was me slipping my head like oh, with my hands down oh yeah and yeah, yeah. just that's being stupid right, that's right like I a boxer you, I remember you were telling and me then that. I even told him like hey man if you ever do that in a fight just uppercut me like, okay okay and he did that <laughs> and then I got a concussion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a really bad one actually it, like ruined my my life
0: great advice though
1: yeah he listened <laughs> to me he listened to me but I, I was getting cocky He was like 30 seconds into the round and Javon's a huge dude and he yeah. was definitely frustrated I wasn't being nice and he got me good man yeah. freaking you linebacker Um, and he's a savage man he's a a savage and he's trained very very well our gym trains guys very (laughs) he's been training for a long time so kudos to him you got me yeah but um what it comes to is just like uh getting so confident in the fight to where you forget that this opponent's still dangerous and you start doing things that are technically unsafe or overzealous, and you start to overcompensate, overshoot, or, or like IQ-wise, maybe shooting, he was doing great on the feet, maybe shooting wasn't his best possibility. Or not even in
0: the game plan, and then he's just like, oh, back to my instincts, I'm yeah, feeling good, I'm do whatever shoot. I want, I can ragdoll this guy. That might
1: be something he's used to, like in yeah. training practice, he might be used to striking, when a guy's hurt, taking him down, and, and that's just where he's comfortable. But but knowing Olivera, he's dangerous on the ground, especially when he's tired, especially from... On his back or in any position, and his transitions are deadly, and he's great from the bottom with guillotines. Yeah, and we don't know the corner to...
0: advice. They could have told him that was the game plan that round. It just doesn't uh, totally. matter. The point being is he it wasn't giving was... enough concern and being focused enough to watch out for that.
1: It's just, I, you know, I can't really tell you, you know, it's hit or miss because I'm not in the set, but a lot of people would debate that it, you know, where his head position was on the takedown and, and getting caught in a guillotine, and that could have been avoided. Um, and then people could say, well, there's ways to get out of that guillotine from that position, which there, of course, there is. Um, but what it came down to is, was that the proper decision? And did he put his head in that scenario? Did he put it in the pocket there when he took him down? Did he put his head on the side, not in the middle, blah, blah, blah? Uh, technique-wise, he got caught. It's unfortunate. Was it the right move? Obviously not, because he got caught.
0: Um, I don't even remember how we got on Kevin Lee but it's it's good him and Oliveira that was a good fight actually
1: yeah, yeah it, it was a good fight I think we got on Kevin Lee because he's another guy who was uh, like Tony Ferguson had a lot of heat behind him and he beat Gillespie an undefeated fighter who was like uh, killing people murking people and he just destroyed him with fashion I just with was fashion. talking about
0: if he could put it together yeah another guy who because he's got all the skills he's got all the pieces he's yeah. just got to put it together he's
1: just got to put it together and what it comes to is just staying calm I have a question just stay calm do you think and
0: use your brain do you think um, is
1: easy. Your brain, it's not just your body, it's your brain 100%. It's,
0: it's, you know? Or, no, 90%. A I lot think of people say.
1: think that fighting is just like, Oh, I'm fighter, I beat you up, pop, I'm caveman.
0: No, well, it,
1: it's got like what's that famous quote? UJQ, though? It's like 90%
0: uh, mental, 10% physical, or is it 80 20 something like that? I'm sure there's, uh, a, there's uh, a famous quote about that, but I have a question um, Kevin Lee's performance, Johnny Walker's performance recently. Do you do you? What effect, if any, do you think that has on, like, TriStar and F- Verasa Hobby's um, training abilities as of late? Because, I mean, not to say I don't...
1: Whose performance? Johnny Walker and who? And Kevin Lee's? Yeah, because they They're, both uh, are, rec- they under, are they at the same gym? They both
0: recently moved to TriStar. Um, They've had, I think, two camps each or maybe three underneath TriStar. You
1: know, I, with the train with and, and what does that have to do with the training capabilities? What does it say about their training? Is it, that what you're saying? What effect, or if any, coaching? does it
0: have on their, like training rep their abilities and reputation as, as, as a gym and, and their ability to produce top talent. Because for me, real quick before you answer, I have the utmost respect for us I like mm-hmm. listening to his YouTubes. I think he's a genius. He has his degree in philosophy and other things as well, black belt and multiple things. Um, so, you know, I give a lot of respect for him. GSP is and has always been, since I even first got into the sport, one of my number one favorite fighters. So I'm not dissing on us but I just know, especially the MMA fan base is fickle. But because two very in the know guys that have tried to make big moves recently to change and and re- kind of refresh and, and mm-hmm. put the pieces together both went to frost and especially with kevin lee i'm like okay dan this yeah. is gonna put it together um and you know they've had a couple flat performances since so if any what kind of effect do you think it has on uh frost and, and TriStar's like image i guess you'd say
1: well uh to the people listening in the martial arts community i would hope to tell you that it shouldn't have any way it shouldn't have it shouldn't it it shouldn't yeah i'll get to that it shouldn't it shouldn't affect how you see these coaches because obviously gsp is one of the best fighters to ever walk this planet and he trained over there for for his almost his his whole career yeah 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 so so first of all you can't slam that and you got to remember that he was with for when um he fought Gregor Gillespie. That's when he made it. Gillespie, his, yes, sir. You know, exactly. And he, and he destroyed think, him. So I think what that it, was his
0: first full camp. So
1: what it does come down to the fighters. You also, guys, have to remember that switching to a new coach, it, it, it takes a lot longer than a year to to really climatize it and especially oh, yeah. when a fighter's got all these old habits for training for the last what 10, 15 years of his life coming to a new coach Yeah you never and know how to change, much is gonna match a, that's a or lot not of that, that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. So you can't you can't blast that Jim or for 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 saying that uh he tainted the, it shouldn't taint his image at all because you know uh, he produced amazing fighters, GSP and many more um, the thing is, you also have to put it into play is that when they came over there, they were moving up in the ranks and fighting better fighters. And Johnny Walker, like, we, like we discussed as well, um, Johnny Walker was put in a position where he looked really good at fighting lower level guys at lower rank. You know, that weren't even quite in the top 15 and making his way up and got pushed up there very fast. Got Sage North cutted and he got yeah. put in with some savages. And um, and some things that I noticed in Johnny Walker's games that he got a little cocky when he got hit and he put his hands down and moved his head and then wanted to fire back out of like anger and frustration. He get hit eyes wide and then he throw hard back. And that's how Corey Nason caught him. Blah plop. Um, he made a lot of mistakes. He fought with frustration. So there's the mainly like these guys are great fighters, but what, green. what you what you have to work on isn't it? Seems just being green. What you have to oh, work on with these fighters
0: mental is your mental yes. things. It's yeah. like hey, don't
1: fight with frustration. If you get caught, hands up, move, regain your consciousness, stay calm, keep them away. You
0: were saying that five minutes ago. In,
1: uh, <laughs> you know, So the, it, being a coach isn't just about training guys how to punch and kick a bag and kicks and punch them up, but it's training them how to be calm. How to mentally mentally and physically take care of themselves outside of the 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 gym and, and at home. How to keep them in healthy relationships with their life and with their body and with their mind. And how to train them to be good people and just be dedicated and work hard, stay away from bars, not get into the media party scene. And I think those are all big, important things. And not only that, but not fighting with your emotions, not taking – like you can use your stuff, like you're going through in life, to 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 push you and to make you train good.
0: Stuff and, in the basement, you know. Teddy Atlas.
1: But when you get when you get that ring, you got to be focused. You got to let all those emotions go, and you got to use you, you got to use your brain. You got to use your IQ, and you got to use what you're taught, and you need to listen to your coaches. So, um, what it comes down to is the fighters. You know, they're making simple mistakes. I guarantee you hundred a hundred times that Firas has told. Not only Johnny Walker, but Kevin Lee. Hey, if you get caught in this position, don't do this. Don't do this. Like, hey, and they probably know better from other coaches. These are things that are been been taught for years. The biggest thing is the mental game too. So, um, yeah, and just reaction and, and certain that relationship,
0: techniques. and then reacting to them yelling at you and you're yeah. in a big UFC fight, and mm-hmm. and you know how hard you train and your gas going in is all a reflection of yeah. you. And your, your willingness to put in the, the work, you know?
1: Yeah, and one thing you could possibly think, too, is is when you, when you as a fighter, make the decision to change camps, I'm assuming some fighters might doubt if that was the right decision. Sure. So, so when you go in the ring and start fighting, you start losing.
0: Is there doubt that, in your is mind? Is there doubt
1: in their mind that maybe they made the wrong switch? And at the end of the day, is you're at that high level... High, can't I can't have I, any of that. And not only can you not have any doubt, but I want fighters to know, like, you made it to the UFC. You know what you're doing. You're an excellent fighter. You have all the potential. That guy bleeds just like you do what it comes down to is when you're in a fight, you're not using your brain and you're not using your IQ and you're not using your setups and your baits. You're just fighting with, with muscle memory and not your brain. You're not putting things together, as you would not say, being
0: cerebral, you
1: know, so what it comes down to is those are mistakes that the fighter makes. The coaches can only do so much and give you instruction.
0: All the techniques they've yeah. shown you, you're throwing those kicks, right? You, when you throw yeah. them, but you maybe aren't throwing them when and how he's telling you should you
1: to. like this guy might have a heavy overhand. You might be throwing, chopping the right leg every time, but your head's straight online. And every time you chop that leg, it hits you with the right hand. And, and you could do that over and over again. I've, I've seen a couple fighters throw the right leg and get caught with the right hands like three times in a row. I'm like, when are you going to stop throwing that right leg and maybe throw an inside leg or a back leg kick or maybe uh, not throw kicks, maybe throw hands and then your legs to bait him to, to think hands and let... You know, there's so many... Um, sometimes when you're in the heat of the battle, like ninety percent of the stuff you learn in the gym, when you competed, you realize that you you didn't throw half the stuff nope. that you throw in sparring. You, you were like a basic percent. robot.
0: So ten percent, uh, ten to fifteen percent is how but much. But that was I would your. Think.
1: But that was also your first fight. So sure. w- when it comes to doing it for fifteen. 10, 15 years, that, those sure. should be out of the way. Those, Most of those. Them. You know, but, yeah. but fighting tons of millions of people. Yeah, the moment. Split, yeah. Uh, you know, that stakes. can't compare. I'm sure there's tons of nerves. That's why your yeah. mentality is super important. I think it's super important as a coach to remind your fighter, hey, clear your mind. Get out there. Listen, open your ears. Don't fight with emotion and anger as hard as it is. Use your IQ. But again, um, uh, Frost has a great reputation, especially with GSP and many other fighters that have accomplished and made title shots. It just what it comes down to is the fighters, and they just made a simple mistake, and it's and it has nothing to do with the coaches. It has nothing to do. Doesn't and mean
0: the fighter's a bad fighter either. Doesn't mean the fighter's yeah. a bad
1: fighter. He made a mistake, but he's obviously not a bad fighter. He's in the UFC. I can show you some bad fighters. I, yeah. c- I can. I can take you to some like Louisiana barn burners right now on YouTube, <laughs> and, you're, and you're and they they consider that guy a pro over there. So um, sure, you got. So again, um. Hopefully, you guys, that's just my point of view. Hopefully, you guys, there's so many things that come into play when it comes to uh, coaching and uh, switching gyms. And, and what it comes down to at the end of the day is if you're in the ring, it comes down to the fighter, the IQ, and um, and it comes down to their performance. And once you're at that level, I think you have every weapon and tool, especially Kevin Lee and his position Johnny Walker training for that long. You know the rights and wrongs in the game, and you have the coaches
0: to to guide you. And sometimes you're you. Outmatched too, and sometime, right? yeah. And outmatched, It's som- not like the coaches fall to say no. you're outmatched, and the guy like just happens to... And be better on that day. And sometimes
1: you're right? just outmatched. And that's just the truth. And sometimes, uh, I, I, have had plenty of times in coaching where I've had a few guys that have wanted to fight really bad. I didn't think they're ready, but they put in the heart and the hard work, but they just technically were kind of slow. And they, when they fought their IQ went out the window, but they still had a heart to do it. So I'd let them do it. And, and they just didn't care how, how it would end up. They just wanted to compete. And that was where their heart was. And it didn't matter what I told them, even if I was them throw left hook, right kick. Uh, jab, check, when they when you check counter, don't just eat the kick, check and counter, you're you're checking the kick, but then you're not countering, and when you don't counter off the check, this guy throws three more punches, so he has a chance to answer back after you block, um, don't get this, you know, there's so many things that I've, I've shouted out that um, could have helped these guys win, but they just don't get it, they don't listen, or their body just doesn't react, so... You know, there's so many things that come to play, and that can, and that's because he's outmatched. This guy listens. To my this guy's opponent, that my guy's fighting, was just more more experienced. If not more experienced, just had a better idea of listening uh, to his coaches, reacting better, and um, was a little more athletic and was able to put things together. It was mentally there. He's it focused. It's and
0: that day and that night, too. That's one thing about fighting in general, that we get judged. Anybody who goes out there and competes at all gets judged on that performance. And that's just like a sm- small snapshot of time into, like, your abilities uh, as a martial artist, right? So um, everyone has good and bad days. Everyone has days that their body feels flat, didn't get enough sleep, this, that, and the other. Like, everything goes into it. So it's crazy that a lot of people are judged um, so broadly on, like, a six- or ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes out of their life, you know.
1: Yeah, think about it, and it's a sport. Not not only where you win or lose, but if you lose, it's because you got the crap beat out of you. Yeah, exactly. So it's not it, like other sports the, like the nerves. Like if you're on a points. basketball team, uh, five guy five versus five, right? You go out there. If you lose, five other guys, four other guys lose with you, and a whole team lose with and you. So you it's got, not as bad.
0: And if you lose by twenty points, they say, "Man, you got the crap beat out of you," but you didn't get the crap. Beat yeah, out like you, you
1: didn't <laughs> like you don't you didn't not only lose on live television, but, but literally get the crap beat out of you. Yeah, uh, but. <laughs> but I then love, you go home and you got to go to the hospital usually before you go home, and then you go to the hospital to get all these injuries, and now you got to fly back home from Sometimes wherever you're you from. Go talk
0: to reporters too, <sighs> it up, and then go media, nice. and yeah.
1: you don't even get to the hospital. It's it's brutal. It's yeah. a painful.
0: It is not fun. It is. So you want to be a fighter, <laughs> huh? So yeah. 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 People Anyways. say that's well. I don't know. That was a good. Uh, I'm glad you pointed that out, and, and we especially this is a better good as time as any to kind of go a little bit more in depth in terms of the mental side of things but that is definitely a topic we could go an entire episode on yeah and i would love to do that at some point but um but but thanks for the insight nate because that was a lot of good uh, points Was a lot of good insight talking about johnny walker and kevin lee and then how it relates to coaches and then with the you know real life example so um I'm going to listen to that back, too, and definitely take a better listen because there's a lot of good points in there and just another testament to MMT Fitness and the quality of coaching. And, uh, you know, he was talking about potentially switching gyms and going to different gyms and stuff like that. And notice how at no point in time did he take that opportunity during that um, subject to say, if you came to our gym, this, that, and the other. No, he was just talking objectively. And so that's, I think that's a very – I wanted to point that out because it's just show, it just goes to show you that the level of – um, respect. F- respect Fight IQ and just uh, experience in terms of like the, the game and, and people moving around gyms and, and just the martial arts um, community. The education and experience in that field really helps you to kind of navigate your, your relationships with people that are coming to and from other gyms. And some people can do it in a way that is toxic and that creates potential like fucking nuclear bombs going off and other people can do it in a way that is completely harmonious and then completely like just um, really I think in, in what's the word I'm looking for it uh, instills in no 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 what's the word Ugh. anyways it is a great example of like the Bushido and martial arts way very inclusive very like we're all trying to get better we're all trying to be better human beings. We're all trying to be healthier. We're trying to be, you know, have self-defense. We're trying to have good, um, you know, mental, emotional, yeah. balance.
1: The right word. It instills that mindset into you. Yeah. Right. It it instills those those ethics and that that mindset of honor, respect, and so what and so forth. You know.
0: Because martial arts, at least for me and for a lot of people, that's what drew drew them to it in the first place, and um, I always just try to say at MMT, we're trying to do our best to create not just uh, people who can throw better punches and kicks, but better martial arts and better humans, better men and women in and outside of the gym, not just people who can uh, who know how to fight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: You know, majority of fighters that come in, this is the last topic I'll ta- talk about because we're, we're, we're getting pretty we're long on over. this podcast, but um, I don't, I'm don't. i preaching in the choir here, but a lot of us, some of us come from good backgrounds, some of us come from crappy backgrounds, um, whether we were homeless or had drug abu- or abusive parents or we just came from nothing or we came from a normal life and we just, you know, what we consider normal or wealthy, healthy life, good parents. Uh, we come from all different walks of life, but a majority of the people that I've met in fighting um, come from nothing. Like a lot of the guys that really, really had the urge to fight and make something of themselves came from nothing. Um So we, we, uh, you know, Frankie especially something that attracted me to him, is that he always wanted to help people. Um, You know, no matter what, you know, uh, who you were. I call us the degenerate gym because we have a lot of goofy guys that you wouldn't expect to be fighters that are savages, like guys that are super kind and nice. We're not like a gym where everyone's got like an ego, like, oh, dude, I'm a fighter, not like jacked, tattooed guys. We have some. Um, I mean, I'm covered in tattoos. I'm not jacked anymore. I'm kind of fat, but... um, uh, So we just... uh, we're a group of degenerates. We're a bunch of goofballs. We watch cartoons. We joke around. We play video games. Um, we 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 don't go party and go to clubs. We we're, we're, we just hang out with each other and we sit at the gym and train. It's uh, we're just a bunch of degenerates, man. That that come from nothing or had issues as I'm gonna say children were been bullied or or kind of had insecurity issues like used to be fat or overweight. We have a lot of guys that or came from nothing, super poor. Like uh, we have a lot of fighters, and that's normal in the community a lot of guys that come from nothing, a lot of girls that come from nothing and kids. And, and that's why we want to help because a lot of us have been in those shoes and fighting kept us all out of trouble. Um, gives Iro- you a lot of ironically, purpose. Ironically, as that is. healthy. It gives you purpose, especially as you get older. We all make mistakes in our 20s or our early teens. And uh, martial arts kind of makes you realize, like, man, I can't keep doing these things because I can't do what I want to do and do what I love. I can't even, if I keep polluting my body with booze or I keep putting drugs in my body or I keep doing these things... I can't compete or I can't do this stuff anymore. I can't keep up with these good guys. I keep getting my butt kicked every time I come in here because I'm all polluted with alcohol and from partying and being stupid. But not only that, but this martial arts in general, punching, kicking, hitting a bag, releases I to me the most insane amount of oxytocin and dopamine you could actually ever produce. So I think there's something about the kind of physical exercise and output and, and heart and mental push that you have to do to be in martial arts, especially in like, a mixed martial arts gym. Um, it that really just produces not only like a really great feeling, but it puts your body in a very healthy and uh, optimum state not only mentally but physically which makes you realize like i, I don't want to do anything else but this because it makes me feel great it keeps me out of trouble and it's something you just get addicted to it it's an addiction it's a lifestyle Filled
0: self-confidence it,
1: it takes away insecurities It makes you confident most of the guys that try to start fights at bars usually can't fight at all they just got something to prove and they got a huge ego it usually stems from actually insecurity and they got something to prove um so it just fixes so many issues, it takes away egos, makes you humble.
0: There's always someone that can beat your ass, and you know that when yep. you train in a martial arts gym. To no matter day. how badass you are, there's always someone better. So, you know, it just makes you understand the 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 crazier and the better uh, you are at potentially kicking someone's ass the less likely you are to want to do that you have nothing to prove you have nothing to prove especially it's my job and most of the time that's the case Uh, and there's the rare bad eggs but most of the time that's the case there are
1: bad eggs but they usually don't last long usually someone beats the living crap out of them and not just just in
0: in general but like of course but yeah guys so make sure to check out MMT obviously when this uh, thing blows over and hopefully sooner rather than later we'll be back to work we'll be back to training and everyone's welcome for class is always free Um, but yeah that does it for us this week guys I really hope you guys enjoyed the show and if you did please don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes and have a podcast again I keep driving this home because it really helps us out when you do and again we'll be reading those reviews every single week as we get them so keep them coming Uh, thank you guys so much for stopping by make sure to check out the new episodes as they drop because we're going to be doing extra content with this time off Um, and all the past episodes for that matter on your favorite uh, podcast platforms And you can always catch the replays of the show on MMT Radio on the Yo! Radio app. I'm trying to make sure that we get all this extra content uploaded to them as well. Um, But always a big thanks to Frankie Mercado, MMT Fitness, and of course my brother from another mother, Nate. Thank you always for helping me out with the show. Um, All the other coaches and trainers, training partners, friends, extended martial arts family, and greater community at large. uh, Make sure to take care of each other, but that's it. We're done. I'm through. See you guys later, but until next time, stay healthy and stay safe. Peace.